This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. How's it going, Jason? Pretty good. So, uh... We are in the midst of what seems like an extremely close MVP race right now. Uh, we got James Harden. We got Russell Westbrook breaking triple-double records or threatening to do so. We got LeBron James, who's always pretty awesome. And we've got Kawhi Leonard. You know, maybe there's a, maybe you have another favorite uh, Dark Horse uh, candidate on the season. But I think those are the kind of the implied for the moment. But we feel like there is not a definitive MVP this season and it made us think okay let's like look at the some of the other seasons in which um you know the MVP votes were extremely close and look at you know whether we think they made good decisions and some interesting stuff about that so that's what we're gonna do yeah because there's there's been in recent years of course you know unanimous MVP last year Steph Curry and it was pretty much like I don't think anybody could reasonably argue for you know many other people other than you know Steph Curry last year and, and really even the year before that I mean he was pretty much the the best argument you can make a few arguments you know for like a LeBron James or whatnot but yeah uh, Harden was good two years ago too yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah that's right yeah I forgot about hardened hardened that year too but like it it felt like Steph Curry like when when it was all said and done it was like yeah you know that's that's fine I think like that'll work for us so it's been a while since we've had one of those but this year is like legitimately I've I've heard many different arguments for for all four of the guys and particularly uh you know Westbrook Harden uh and Kawhi Leonard as of late you kind of hear the most about those guys and it's like yeah I mean I I've heard them and and I believe almost every single one and like I even wave around it a little bit too like one day I'll be like no it's definitely you know this guy and the next day I'm like "Ah, I don't know and then you know Kawhi has his game so it might go down to like that last week and like guys trading off like great games or whatever or it might just come down to how the west uh plays out a little bit but yeah it looks like i mean by my money it's probably gonna be one of those three um the Westbrook Harden and Kawhi because I think there's some fatigue with LeBron James and he's kind of the easy pick or whatever we'll talk about certain you know close MVP races where I think that plays a big part where it's like a guy that probably should win or a guy who has every right to win but just doesn't win because of you know there's this fatigue factor that kind of comes in with MVP voting so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but yeah it's fascinating it's really cool I mean it 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 makes something really fun about the last few weeks or last month or so of the NBA season because like it is wide open like any of those guys could win it. Yeah, and for LeBron, I, I do think that because it's been, you know, quite, a, it's been, you know, three years since he's won it, you know, because Durant won it the year before Curry and then Curry said the two. So there might be, there's a story of everything they did for the finals. There might be, you know, some momentum behind giving it to him one last time because it's probably the last, you know, legit chance that, you know, at, at his age you know, that he would win it. Although you never know. I mean, uh, he, he's so tremendous. He might be an MVP candidate for another five years or so. But, uh, but, but it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, there's a lot of different stories that could be uh, told there. And, and we'll uh, get into that a little bit. As we uh, talk about our MVP races, but um, we're going to start with 1958. Uh, Bill Russell in his second season, his first full seasons, because his first season he actually about a third of it he uh, didn't play because he was playing in the Olympics. Uh, he beat Dolph Shays by uh, 30 points, and it was the only the third year that the NBA had, had an MVP, and the players actually voted for MVP at this time. 
Uh, this was until the 1981 season that changed. And they were, my understanding is they were not allowed to vote for their teammates. So there are not, you know, there was no op- opportunity, obviously, for an, a unanimous MVP. Although, you know, most of the races really, you know, pre, uh, there weren't a, a whole lot of close ones. I mean, we're going to look at here that, you know, it's relatively rare for there to be super close MVP races. But uh, this was definitely, uh, you know, the, the first one that could make that claim. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and you'll see that when the next one that we kind of bring up, I mean, it's going to be quite a few years until we have one that's in this close. And and even that, this one was, was kind of an anomaly in its era to be that close or whatever. But yeah, and you look at the stats and, and, and you can kind of see the argument for either one of these guys too, which is, is interesting because you kind of think of Bill Russell as, as this larger than life, you know, dominant figure or whatever. And yeah, he's still pretty early into his career, but I mean, Dolph Shays had a fantastic year this year as well. And would, just as well, you know, I, I'd be fine with him as the MVP uh, as well. But Bill Russell this year, uh, 16.6 points, uh, 22.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists per game, uh, 11.3 win shares, and then a .206 win shares per 48. Uh, Shays, he had a 24.9 points per game, 14.2 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists per game. Uh, win shares, he had a little bit more, uh, 13.7 win shares for him, and also win shares per 48, he uh, did fare better, .226. Now, some other guys that that uh, shows up here. Uh, George Yardley, he had 12.3 win shares, so he was um, he was better than Russell in that respect. He also had a .208 win shares per 48, so George Yardley was better than Bill Russell in both of those uh, you know statistical categories, which of course they were not looking at when they voted for this. I don't I don't think so. Yes. That'd be very uh, that'd be quite amazing if they did, but no. But of course, but yeah, no. It's just kind of a good idea to look at, at, at historically guys that, that, that did that. And we'll we'll do that throughout this um, this episode there. But uh, other guy as well, uh, Neil Johnston. Uh, he finished tied for 12th in the MVP voting, but he actually had the second best uh, win shares per 48 that year at 0.224. So uh, interesting there. A few other guys kind of pop up a few potential contenders, but you do see why Russell and Shays, of course, you know, without the the benefit of advanced statistics, those are very gaudy numbers on teams that were pretty good as well. So it makes total sense that those two would be the top tier guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pettit had another strong year. He finished fourth, a pretty distant fourth, but he was right up there as well. Um, You know, Bob Cousy, who had won the uh, MVP, I I think Pettit won in 56 and Cousy won 57. So those are the two previous MVPs. Again, it was only the third year for that. So, yeah, Shays never actually won MVP in his career, but he was in the, you know, um, this was his, his best finish, his most shares, uh, but he was in the top six, uh, you know, three other seasons as well, right around this time. And Russell won f- five MVPs during his career. This was, of course, his first. And then he was top four in MVP voting five other times. So in his 13-year career, he was in the top four in, in voting or won uh, 10 times. So that's uh, not too bad. Not bad at all. Yes. So next is uh, 1970, Willis Reed yeah, beating... Yeah, a while. Ju- yeah, quite a while that we have here. No, no. Disputes yeah. in the 60s. Everybody was pretty cool with the sale. Like, all right, uh, yeah. That's no protests in, <laughs> yeah. No, no protests in the 60s whatsoever. <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. Everything was... Everything's, the society was good. Basketball yeah. was good. Everybody was just together and just agreed upon everything in the 60s. That's the best part. Yeah. It's like, what are Definitely. we going to do as a country? We're going to do that. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. Like, that'd be yeah. perfect. Like, yeah. Well, contention struck in 1970s, oh. Willis Reed... Uh, <laughs> Edge Jerry West by only uh, 41 points. Who could forget the uh, riots, and- too? Man. <laughs> yes, the, the Jerry West riots. Right. Yes, we remember them well. Famous, yes, yeah. yes. Um, these two, of course, these teams, the Lakers and the Knicks, would battle in the finals very famously in a uh, in a seven game series. There would be some heroics from um, Willis Reed during that time, some uh, some anguish uh, from Jerry West as he finished uh, second uh, once again. Um, and uh, only f- five or I guess six players received right. uh, votes uh, this year. Um, uh, Kareem was a this was a rookie year. He he, he got a, a fair share but was a fairly distant third uh walt frazier also got a few votes of billy cunningham and uh, connie hawkins as well um but yeah i mean they, 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 these definitely were the two who um you know had the, had the majority um and, and both had excellent seasons I, th- I think you could definitely make a very strong case for either guy 
what I like too about this this award breakdown is every single guy that got votes got a first place vote. So like one person, you know, two people voted Kanye Hawkins for first place. Like two people voted Billy Cunningham, but everybody. I mean, those two were were so far ahead of everybody else. But every single person that showed up in the list had at least one first place vote. It was pretty unique there. Uh, but yeah, Willis Reed, twenty one point seven points per game, thirteen point nine rebounds per game, two point oh assists per game. He had fourteen point six win shares and point two two seven win shares per forty eight. Um, Really great numbers by his respects. Uh, he was second in MVP voting in 1969, the year prior, uh, and then he was fourth in 1971. So this would be, uh, of course, his chronic achievement uh, is his individual career, but he did show up a few other times there as well. Uh, as far as Jerry West, 31.2 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, 7.5 assists per game, uh, a little bit better than Reed in win shares uh, at 15.2 for West. Also a little bit better in win shares per 48. He was uh, uh, .234. So um, this is going to be interesting, though, because Walt Frazier, he finished fourth in MVP voting. And guess what? He had a higher win shares than Reed, 15, and the highest win shares per 48 among anybody to receive MP votes, uh, 0.236. Thankfully, this is the one and only time that Walt Frazier was ever overshadowed by Willis Reed, though. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that at least Walt Frazier can go, you know what? Hey, you got it this time, but the glory is usually mine, so it's okay. So. Yes. It's worth noting Poor that Jerry Wet. Jerry West in his career, uh, he never won MVP. Um, he had eight seasons in which he had top five MVP finishes, including second four times. And you know, like he He's finished second a lot in his career. Like he just does not yeah. get his due for like being just a tragic NBA figure. Like yeah. it's because he at least had some success. But like I mean, it's just fascinating. You lose all those finals. You're always second in MVP. Like what a horribly tragic figure, especially for a man yeah. Mr. Clutch. So yes, <laughs> well uh, you know worked out in '72 and uh, you know I mean he's had a pretty good life. But yeah, no, I mean yeah. I, I would definitely yeah. take Jerry West's life, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely, uh, had he not won that title, I wonder uh, what would be sort of the uh, the idea uh, behind Jerry West, but I guess it was a different era, too. If he was, like, around now and always went to the uh, finals and always lost and was always second in MVP, I cannot imagine the hot takes that would uh, surround him, though. Maybe in the 70s, yeah. they were a little bit smarter about, like, well, geez, like, he gets there every year, that's pretty cool, oh, he's almost always in the MVP vote, he must be very good, but, you know, we're not as intelligent maybe not it's possible you know uh we're we're, we're tricked more by the uh you know the, the fake nba news you know we uh yeah manipulated by uh a certain uh seg- segments of... i don't know we're we're, we're off i guess so i guess we are yeah <laughs> Um, so 1975 in the ABA, um, we don't actually have official, uh, ABA voting totals, uh, in basketball reference. This is where we're getting the voting totals, by the way, we, we, we could credit basketball reference for every show. Sometimes we, we forget, but you, you should always go to basketball reference. Um, but there, so there's a, um, APBR forum, uh, thread that has some official, unofficial ones. So, uh, in, uh, 75 McGinnis and Irving got each got 11 votes and then, uh, Matt Calvin for Denver got six votes and Bobby Jones for Denver got the remaining, uh, to Denver was a big uh, surprise uh, that that year in the regular season, although they fell in the uh, early in the playoffs, I believe. I actually, and the Nets did as well uh, for uh, Julius Irving's Nets. They lost in the uh, uh, second round, one of the biggest upsets in um, basketball history. But um, yeah, I, I mean, this is of course this is the only time in either league anyone has ever shared the MVP award. The Rookie of the Year has been shared a, f- a few times, but this is the, the big one. This is the only time that ever happened, and, and, and both had great seasons. I probably McGinnis had a slightly better season, but they were both um, you know really good and uh you know obviously uh um uh, you know, you could make a case for either one. Absolutely, yeah. Irving, you know, 27.9 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game. Uh, as you mentioned, the New York Nets, he led them to 58 wins, but unfortunately they fell in the playoffs to the Spirits of St. Louis, and of course, as you said, the best, uh, biggest upsets in, in basketball history. Uh, Irving was able to make it up, though, in 1974, 1976, he won ABA MVP, uh, and then in 1981, he did the same in the NDA. He was also top six in six other seasons as well, so Irving got his due eventually, but uh, George McGinnis, so great year for him, and, and uh, just a fun year for the Indiana 
Pacers team as well. Uh, so he had 29.8 points per game, uh, 14.3 uh, rebounds per game, 3.9 uh, assists per game, or uh, 6.3 uh, assists per game, rather. But uh, yeah, just a really great season. He led the league in points per game that year. Uh, the Pacers, they only won 45 games that year, uh, but they made it all the way to the finals before falling to the Kentucky Colonels. So just a really good, mir- really miraculous run there for the, for the Pacers as well. Uh, and as far as George McGinnis, he had MVP votes uh, in 1973, 1976, 1997, and maybe in 1974. We're not quite sure because yes. it's hard to get records of things in the ABA. So you yes. think so, but we don't want to say for sure because who knows. But uh, who knows? yeah, so that, that was kind of the George McGinnis. So he's always a reliable player, always got those MVP votes, but probably this would be the peak of, of, of his you know basketball career. Yeah, I mean, he had some good years afterward in the um, NBA, and then he kind of fell off real young in his uh, career. Uh, yeah, I mean, he really um, keyed that Pacers team in that postseason run. I mean, um, Slick Leonard said that you know, or um, that he had never seen you know another player you know make the, have that kind of individual run. Yeah, other guys have I mean, actually might have met Slick Leonard, but missed somebody else. But either way, um, a lot of the observers of the ABA were just really like you know impressed by what he did, and the numbers bear that out as well. And obviously, he was a great player and, and helped them kind of continue that dynasty but that was really the last gasp for them and he was you know took them all the way to the finals but unfortunately for them the uh the colonels were a, a little bit too much for them yeah i think it was that was his last year in indiana as well right because he went over to the sixers yeah yeah, right oh yeah because absolutely uh, of course after and then he played with the pacers later in his career that's that's where i got mixed up so makes sense he went to denver uh for a little bit because he was traded for bobby jones right, and right, okay. uh and and then went to the uh, Pacers right at the end, and then was real. And then by then he had nothing left, and, he, and it was a little embarrassing for a uh, uh, situation for him being so bad for the Pacers after you know just fears earlier he'd been you know right. just a tremendous player, but um, but that happens sometimes, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Everybody gets old, uh, Jason, except yes, for, except for us. They do, they do, yeah, yeah. Um, so nineteen seventy six, the um, this is a really interesting MVP year. Um, so uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the MVP, and he had four hundred nine points. Uh, Bob McAdoo was second with 393, so only 16 more. And then Dave Cowens was 15 behind McAdoo at 378. So extremely close for the um, three. The first place votes, I'll read them here since I think they're interesting. Kareem had 52, McAdoo had 47, and Cowens actually had one more at 48. So... um, so very very close the uh i I think in terms of the three players this is definitely the closest uh mvp um situation and uh the lakers were um uh, they were i believe 40 and 42 that season so they were uh, this was his first year in la so for him to win the mvp and, and you know this was his um fourth mvp so he was certainly used to that and he put up brilliant numbers but you know, there, there's been a lot made of the fact that, you know, MVP does not go to um, teams with winning records. And that's almost or with, you know, um, you know, not above the 50, 55 wins. But and that's, you know, almost always true now, but it was not true um, then. And, um, you know, Cowan's the this the Celtics won the championship this year and and McAdoo, the Braves, they, you know, were had, um, you know, had a deep playoff run as well. So it's just interesting to uh, see the result there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's become a thing now where like, you know, because for a while it'd be like, you know, guys, would make the playoffs or whatever but you know not you know maybe not get the maybe be 500 a little under 500 and, and people would still maybe vote for them for MVP but you're getting people that like aren't quite sure if Russell Westbrook deserves MVP his team's like 11 games over 500 you know what I mean like they're like really good they're like a 16 but it's like I don't know if he's winning enough to win the like it's become a thing now where you've got to be like the best player on the best team or, or, or near the best player uh, or, or the best player on nearly the best team or whatever so it's, it's pretty unique here that Kareem was able to kind of buck that trend and and, and, and get up there but it, when your numbers are so overwhelmingly good it, it, it does uh, and we'll see how it bears out this year with Russell Westbrook as well because he's going to be very very similar to uh, Kareem's back yeah so um Kareem in his career won MVP six times 
And then he was in the top five in MVP voting nine other times. <laughs> good. And, good. And then in the seasons, he did not win MVP. He was first in either PER, Winchester 48, or Boxer Plus Minus, or all three on five other occasions. So <laughs> you could make a good case for him winning 11 MVPs in his career. <laughs> Justin, like, where he, like, absolutely, like, led in those categories. I mean, if you consider, like, being top three or being, like, among right, them. Right. You know, there's there's probably other years he could have been MVP, too. I mean, just <laughs> right. that level of quality for that many times is, is just, yeah, uh, pretty mind-blowing. Um, yeah, and, and Cowens had uh, – he was the 73 MVP, and he had had two other uh, top three finishes in his career, which I didn't realize. And um, McAdoo was a 75 MVP, um, which I think that was definitely a year where probably, he probably deserved over Kareem, although Kareem was still great. Um, and he was second in 74 and 76. I, didn't, I hadn't realized, you know, he was um, – quite at that level you know during that entire run i kind of thought 75 was like a a a much higher elevation than the rest of the time but that's not you know he had a a really good stretch there and i was always a a great scorer even later when some of the other stuff fell off but um yeah i mean this was a pretty exceptional um like i said pretty exceptional almost unparalleled for you know three guys to be this close and i this is definitely a year where i think we're going to have something similar to that um maybe even four guys i i think i might think a little more of lebron's chances than you do in the um mvp race but we'll kind of see how that goes yeah i wish i mean i think he he has all rights to be up there but i just don't know if like because i think a lot of the mvp too becomes like the story of the year and i don't know that lebron i mean what lebron's doing what the Cavs are doing is basically just like old hat now at this point you know what i mean like all right lebron's great and the team's good so like i i just don't know if he's going to get as many of those narrative votes or the people that are like well what's the story of the year and the story of the year is probably not lebron yet like in the playoffs it might be and uh, but right now I, I don't know but yeah we'll see i i hope he's up there because i think he absolutely deserves to be up there i just i'm sort of if i was a betting man i i, I don't know that he's going to be in the top three there or, or real close to the top three even if he is fourth but uh yeah this year is really unique because um so you got those the stats, and I, I'm not going to read all the stats here, but one thing that I did really like, though, is that the top three in the MVP votes were also the top three in win shares. So it's, it's one of those rare years where it's like they got it right. I mean, those guys were so clearly the top three players. Uh, win shares per 48 holds up pretty well. Uh, John Drew slips in there uh, at second highest at .216 win shares per 48. Fred Brown, he, he's got the fourth uh, highest win shares per 48 at .167, and he finishes 13th in the MVP voting. But uh, for the most part, the advanced stats bear out that these three guys are, are, are your best players in the league. So that's unique because we will see a lot of times we're coming up especially in these close races where you know one of the guys you know falls completely off or is nowhere near but this is this is pretty good and and yeah you can't really beat these three guys in this particular year too i mean these are really really gaudy numbers from all these guys you know not the win shares of the end or the end all be all or anything but um but they're you know a, a decent like guideline as far sure, as yeah, yeah. you know what the uh things that i don't want anybody yeah, our advanced no, friends live, to yeah, we don't yeah we don't live and die by win shares just yeah know, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're sort of an easy shorthand for discussions like this there's obviously other depths and we, we can do the sets too but it's just worth uh noting so i i know maybe some of our advanced stats friends might be cringing at yes using wind shares and endorsing it so much we want to give a little bit of a guarded uh uh feeling about that before we uh move on but yeah in, uh, 1981 it was the first year for uh, media voting and uh, julius irving edged um larry bird uh very very uh, close um race there and um he uh, he won by uh, just a 31 uh, points. So he had 20 Irving at 28 first place votes and Bird had uh, 20 uh, first place votes. And this was only Bird's uh, second season. Uh, these two teams, of course, were uh, already in the midst of uh, tough uh, playoff battles. And the uh, Celtics would get the edge in the playoffs. Not that that would have any bearing on this MVP vote. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting because it looks like, you know, numbers-wise, uh, Irving's case was uh, quite a bit stronger than Bird's. 
Yes, so uh, Irving, uh, 24.6 points per game, uh, 8.0 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. But here's where he really was above him. Uh, win shares, 13.8 win shares. Uh, win shares per 48, 0.231 win shares per 48 for Irving. Bird, on the other hand, the, the, the normal kind of counting stats, he, he holds up pretty well. Uh, 21.2 points per game, uh, 10.9 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game. So he's, he's you know, neck and neck with Julius there. Uh, unfortunately, on the other things, uh, win shares, 10.8 win shares for Larry Bird. Uh, and this really hurts, 0. 0.160 win shares per 48 for Larry Bird this year, which uh, uniquely though, so we'll, we'll kind of break down both those numbers. Larry Bird, he was eighth total in win shares that season. Kareem was first, uh, Irving, Moses Malone, Adrian Dantley, Artis Gilmore, Marcus Johnson, and even teammate Robert Parrish were all higher than Bird that year, which is crazy. Uh, then worse yet, Bird was 13th in win shares for 48 this season, 13th. Above him was uh, Irving, Kareem, Parrish, Magic Johnson, Bobby Jones, Johnson, Gilmore, Malone, Dantley, Bob Lanier, George Kirvin, and James Silas, all over Larry Bird in win shares for 48 that year. Yeah. Uh, and as you sort of mentioned or alluded to a little bit earlier, Kareem, you know, had, had a chance at a lot of other MVPs or a legit case for these. And I think he got absolutely screwed this year because he's tops in the league in win shares. He's second in win shares per 48. The Lakers won 57 games and then the NBA finals. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, and, well, no, well, no, they didn't They didn't win the finals. They won the finals in 80. Yeah. Or no, they, they didn't get in 81. They got there in, um, it was the um, Celtics and um, uh, Rockets in 81. This was oh, year they right. were upset. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Not, yeah. not that that had any bearing on it anyway, but yes, uh, but for the record. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, 26.2 points, 10.3 rebounds, you know, all, all that stuff as well. I mean, I mean, I think it was Irving's year. I really do. I mean, he, he kind of had the shackles taken off of him a little bit and was able to kind of be a little more like the old Dr. J. You kind of play in that style. He's kind of been more blending in with other guys and it sort of it became a little bit more of his uh, team and, and you know, kind of run around him at this time. And But but Kareem was absolutely up there. And Bird had a very good season. I mean, those numbers are still really good. They're just not, you know, they, they – uh, looking at it from the perspective we have now, they definitely seem, you know, a, a tier below what Irving and uh, Kareem and other guys were doing. But Bird obviously would um, get there, you know, just within a few years. He would uh, eventually win three MVPs and finish in the top three, five of the times, um, including 81. So it was a five times total. So that's obviously really impressive. Uh uh, for his career, and he absolutely was. I think um, during that time when he won MVP, I think he was very much. Yeah, I think he was clearly the best player in the uh, game. I mean, um, Magic was close, and there's other guys who you know you could you could throw in there as, as you're thinking about. But he definitely elevated that level just a little bit uh, premature, at least according to these. You know, looking at some of these measurements that we like to use. Absolutely. So, uh, 1990, another controversial, another good uh, a three-way one. Uh, Magic Johnson uh, beating uh, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan. Barkley actually finished second. Uh, Johnson w- was ahead by 22 points, even though Barkley won more first-place bo- votes, and a, a lot more first-place votes, actually, um, 38 to 27. Michael Jordan was third with 21 first-place votes, and he finished um, about 70 uh, points uh, behind uh behind magic there so that's that's a really interesting um vote total and honestly like the case for all three guys is really uh really really close so that's uh that's a hard one to make even if you're looking at you know some of the numbers that we look at now that they didn't have then absolutely yeah and what's also unique about this year as well seven players received first place votes so you had magic uh barkley and mj of course all you also carl malone patrick ewing david robinson and akima lajwan all receiving votes here but uh you look at the cases of all these guys and yeah it's pretty tough i mean it's very similar to what we 
we got going on this year. Uh, Magic, 22.3 points per game, 6.6 rebounds per game, 11.5 assists per game, uh, 16.5 win shares, 0.270 win shares per 48. Uh, this would be, uh, of course, Magic Johnson's third and final MVP. He was also top three uh, six different times in his career, uh, so a good little resume there for him. As far as Charles Barkley this year, though, uh, 25.2 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists per game, 17.3 win shares, so we beat Magic a little bit in there, uh, and then a .269 win shares per 48, so a little bit lower than Magic Johnson, actually, point, you know, .001 lower than Magic Johnson uh, win shares per 48, so very close there. Uh, but Barkley, you know, obviously he didn't win this time, but he would win uh, MVP in 1993 and finished top six uh, six other times as well. So again, uh, a great little resume there. And then there's Michael Jordan, of course, uh, 33.6 points per game, uh, 6.9 rebounds per game, and 6.6 assists per game. So the counting stats really love him. Uh, the, the advanced ones do too, uh, 19 win shares and then a .285 win shares per 48. So definitely, you know, from a statistical standpoint, if you want to put Michael Jordan as your MVP, that you could definitely do that. But uh, either one, any one of those guys, I think it works pretty well. And what, what's unique about this one too is everything holds up perfect. I mean, the top three in win shares that year are Magic, <laughs> you know, MJ, Barkley, and Magic. So it's in it's in reverse, inverse, you know, in different order. But it, it's still those three guys. And then win shares per eight has the same top three as well. Uh, MJ is is tops in the league, but then you have Magic and Barkley right behind him. So it, it like the top. I mean, those are yeah. Whether you put Magic first or Barkley first or MJ first, like you pretty much very similar to how I think it's gonna be this year. Like there's no bad argument for any of those guys because those are just no doubt the three best players in the league on this given year. And he'd already won the MVP Jordan had in 88, and he would win it four other times and then finish in the top three, five other times. So, yeah. Yeah, and in his non-MVP seasons, he was first in either PER, Winters or 48, or Boxer Plus Minus, or all three in five other seasons beyond the MVP ones. So you could make a case for him winning, you know, 10 MVPs in his career. And certainly this is one where, you know, you could make the case. But, you know, the other guys, it's up there too. I mean, this is right on the threshold of when Jordan, you know, is probably he's already the greatest. He's already the best player in the game. He's probably been, been that for a couple years. But Magic, you know, he's still holding on. The Lakers are generally a better team and, and, and Magic's you know, doing some great things and, and Barkley was kind of threatening that as well and some other guys but um, you know it, it would obviously be clear in another year or two once you know the Bulls were a championship level team that Jordan was number one but there's still the kind of that underlying questions of you know uh, a feeling like you know is he too much you know is he too much of a score which is kind of a silly thing to think but you know, that was the reputation at the time anyway no it never was he was a winner from the moment he came in the league and he was a winner when he left so that's all I yeah that's all I've heard so, yeah that's all I will hear Jason there you go fair enough uh, so uh, 1997, uh, Carl Malone uh, beating uh, Michael Jordan, one of those years in which um, you definitely could have made a case for Jordan. These two players would uh, win the battle, of course, in the finals in which uh, Jordan won that battle handily, as he generally did in the finals. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, this was a very much a, a two-man race. Um, you, between Jordan and Malone and, uh, you know, honestly, this is sort of seen as like a you know, kind of a silly vote, but honestly, I, I think it's pretty, I think you could make a case for either one. I, I don't think it's a bad case. I think maybe Jordan has a slightly better case, but it's very, very close. And I can understand like rewarding Malone for, you know, the, the jazz were having a pretty great season. And, you know, um, I mean, I, I'm not saying you necessarily favor a guy who hasn't won it before, but like, I, I don't think it was just purely, okay, we're sick of playing, of voting right. for Jordan. It's, it's not as egregious as, as kind of the narrative would let you believe where it's just like, well, I'm so bored of voting for MJ. I guess Carl, it's like, no, 
Carl had a, like a great year and the and the Jazz, you know, kind of reemerging as a powerhouse in the West as well. I mean, it, it coincided with just an awesome year from Carl Malone. Uh, 27.4 points per game, 9.9 rebounds per game, uh, 4.5 assists per game. He had 16.7 win shares and a .68 win shares per 48. You can trust that to Michael Jordan. 29.6 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists per game. Uh, Jordan edges him slightly in win shares, 18.3, and again, slightly in win shares per 48 at .283, but um, it's it's not like a ridiculous, like uh, like an ungodly idea that these guys would be here. It's just, yeah, it's fine. I mean, Carmelo was, was a great pick this year. I mean, it's Jordan probably does have a better case, but yeah, it, the narrative has it that like they just needed somebody else, so they just, oh, okay, fine, I guess Carl Malone, and it's just not true at all. But uh, what's interesting, though, win shares per, uh, the win shares total for the league, the top three hold up. Uh, Jordan uh, was number one, Carl Malone was number two, and then Grant Hill was number three, so in, and, and that was the top three of the MVP voting that year as well, so uh, works pretty well. Uh, win shares per 48, interestingly enough, it's uh, Jordan Malone, and then Malone's teammate, John Stockton. Yes, John Stockton, he finished 15th in MVP voting that year, but was third in win shares per 48 at point two two six. so good old, uh, good old reliable John Stockton. So yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that shows you just how awesome that Jazz team was at, uh, you know, in this year or whatever. So I, I'm fine with them winning, you know, getting representation there. Cause I, I think it was a really cool story as well from kind of a, a reemerging yeah. in a way. I mean, they didn't go away really, but like they were a powerhouse in the early nineties and it seemed like they were, they were knocking on the door and then it kind of, you know, wasn't quite there. And then they, they just kind of come right back in the, in the late nineties and really just do some great stuff and go to, of course, back to back NBA finals. Right. Uh, Malone, in addition to the two MVP years, he also had seven other top five uh, seasons in MVP voting. So he was, uh, he he was knocking on the door for a long time uh, for, for that. It, it's kind of easy to forget that because he's another guy who was so excellent for so long and isn't necessarily thought of, you know, like in the same way as like, okay, he was ever, um, you know, like the best player in the league. And, you know, granted, Jordan was, you know, he played while Michael Jordan played. So it's hard to, um, you, you know, break that. But he was definitely up there. And he, he, he's maybe, uh, uh, you know, people maybe don't, don't like him for other reasons. And so I, I, I think maybe there's a lack of appreciation for just like how like immensely good he was. And you know, some of it, uh, yeah, he didn't do, um, he had some issues with, uh, you know playing particularly well in you know a couple of those finals he didn't he you know not coming through in key moments and stuff like that but i think for the most part that's um overstated i think you know the he he was just amazingly great for a really long time very deep into his career well a rare you know on the very smallest of guys who were you know amazing till age 40 so that's worth something right there yeah i think he's got um something like 14 i don't have it in front of me like 14 times where he was like top 10 in mvp voting or at least got you know uh, 12 or so times he had mvp shares I mean, the, the numbers are obnoxious. Like, he, he was just yeah. always there pretty much from, you know, 1986 until, you know, uh, early 2000s. He was in the MVP race, you know, one way or another. So that's, yeah, that, it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty egregious sometimes when yes. he doesn't get the love that he deserves. So, but. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Speaking of Carl, there's a uh, second uh, MVP uh, race in 1999 where uh, he edged um, – Alonzo Mourning and uh, Tim Duncan. He uh, beats uh, Mourning by about uh, by, by about fifty votes, and uh, Duncan by about um, 80, 87 votes, I believe. So, um, so, so it wasn't absolutely, you know, uh, it wasn't quite as close to some of these races, but it was definitely, you know, interesting. Uh, you know, where there were three really strong candidates, and uh, and Shaq honestly had a pretty strong case as well, and, and finished well below uh, these other guys, but. Um, but yeah, it was um, another interesting one to um, to look at as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, 16 players receiving MVP votes this year, so it was a wide open field. Uh, six received first place votes, of course, Malone, Morning, and Duncan all did. Uh, but also, Allen Iverson, Jason Kidd, and Shaq also uh, received votes. Uh, I did find this interesting as well. You know, um, 
Duncan Iverson and Kidd were all under 25 years old at this point. Uh, and Shaq was only 26. So you could see all those guys would sort of take the next decade and, and still be very good into that next decade. But you do still have the older guys uh, like your Carl Malones or whatever who are still, you, you know, still presiding over this, still win the MVP. But you can sort of see the next generation of the NBA sort of forming underneath them here, uh, particularly in this MVP race. Uh, as far as numbers-wise, I'll just kind of do the advanced ones here. Carl Malone, uh, 9.6 win shares. Of course, you're going to notice the lower win shares. This is the lockout shortened season. So the overall win shares is going to be a little bit lower. Uh, but win shares for 48, those are obviously regulated. So it'll, it'll stay the same. But that's uh, point two, uh, two five two off Carl Malone. Uh, Alonzo Mourning, uh, he had 7.9 win shares and a point uh, two one six win shares per 48. Uh, then Tim Duncan had uh, 8.7 win shares and then uh, point two one three win shares per 48. Uh, Shaq was second in win shares, but he finished sixth in the MVP voting. Uh, David Robinson finished 12th in the MVP voting, but he was actually fourth in win shares. So uh, you get those guys as well. David Robinson, who, who's a long, n- well known as, as a win shares per 48 guy. A guy just like you look at the leaderboards, win shares per 48. It's like him and Chris Paul are like the guys that are just like a dominant figures in the win shares per 48. Uh, of course, this year, Robinson led the league in, in that uh, category. Uh, Shaq came in second, and then it was followed by the 1-2-3 in MVP voting. So for the most part, they got it pretty right. But yeah, you can make a case for, for Shaq for sure being in there, and, and maybe a small case for uh, David Robinson as well to get a little bit more love in here. But that top three is not bad, and, and Malone Malone definitely works as an MVP here. This is yet another one where people kind of uh, poo-poo it a little bit, but I think I think it's a solid season for him, and, and, and I think he's a good good pick. Yeah, and this, as you kind of were talking about, this is uh, Malone was the oldest MVP uh, in history, I believe, this season. And uh, he was the last, you know, really of that last time anybody in that generation, you know, anybody who was drafted in the 80s, you know, won an MVP, yeah. I believe. So so that really was kind of an end of an era uh, there as you're moving on to the 2000s and all this, you know, younger generation of guys who are in their, you know, early to mid 20s are, you know, uh, about to take the league over. Yeah, I was I always find it funny that like Jason Kidd's like still so young in 1999. I feel like he came in the league in like 1992. You know what I mean? Like I just always have, yeah. have this idea that he was just kind of around for more of the 90s than he really was. But a uh, little fun fact about this year: uh, Malone's Utah Jazz were upset in the second round by the Portland Trailblazers. This is a wild playoffs too, where seeding was was all over the place. You had upsets, and you know the eight seed Knicks and the final all stuff going on. So the Jazz were upset in the second round by the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the Jazz were no longer in the playoffs, of course. So the NBA wanted to fly Malone out to New York City to pick up his award in NBC Television, and Malone refused and said I'm not he's probably driving his truck somewhere <laughs> didn't want to go to New York so uh but it was interesting because yeah I think um I think Alonzo Mourn I think that he got knocked out pretty early as well so it was like a thing you know usually when you give the guys the MVP they're still in the playoffs but like none of their guys were still in the playoffs so they just I, I don't know if like they ever showed something where they're getting the awards or if Malone just did you know press in Utah or something like that but yeah really interesting uh season but that, that's just a wild season at 1999 as well the playoffs are just a mess Yes. Yeah. Although the Blazers, it, it was, you know, they were the lower seed, but they actually were like only two games worse than the standings. Yeah. And that's why the seeds are so crazy. Cause you're like, Oh, they got yeah. upset. And it's like, well, all these teams were just like this blob of teams. It was so impossible yeah. to know who was really like, you know, the good or the bad. And it was, everybody was kind of in a blob and especially, yeah, like you said, Portland was, was great. And, and the Knicks showed that too. They were the eight seed, but it was like, weren't they were like a handful of games away from being like the two seed or something. So it was just, it was a wild sense. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you only have 50 games and uh, yeah. And, and they were a weird team that kind of gelled toward the end. But, uh, yeah, so uh, interesting one. Tim Duncan, however, who finished third in MVP voting, definitely showed up in the playoffs uh, that year. And uh, speaking of Duncan, 2002 uh, MVP race, um, another close one, 57 points between uh, Duncan and Jason Kidd. And um, 
I mean, this is another one where, uh, you know, the six guys got first place votes here with Duncan, Kidd, Shaquille O'Neal, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, and Gary Payton, of uh, of all people. Still, you know, <laughs> still playing well, although by 2002, I'm not sure that yeah, he was I, necessarily. I bet that was a Seattle beat reporter. I'm going to go out on a limb and yeah. say, like, either yeah. his mother or a beat reporter in Seattle. I like Gary, but uh, well, uh, there's going to be a really egregious MVP vote coming up here in a little bit, but 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 go on. Okay. <laughs> like, well, we'll enjoy that one. But yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, th- but this is another one where, I mean, I, I think Duncan, you, you, you'll talk about it, but I think, you, like, uh, Kid, because he's interesting to look at numbers-wise because, um, you I mean, you could definitely see the effect that he had on the Nets and how they helped, you, and I think he was really important in turning them around, but if you kind of compare the numbers and, like, the advanced numbers, it's uh, it, clearly, it seemed like, you know, Duncan and Shaq were really the two strongest candidates this year, and Kid, you know, on, on that level, just didn't necessarily uh, belong in the conversation but you know you look at some of the other components that are considered and you know I, I certainly see what people why there were a lot of votes for kid but you know I I, I would probably think like eh, you know with, with that gap in these numbers I would just think Duncan would have definitely been the right choice yeah and, and, and kid was one of those absolutely one of those stories where the story and the narrative of the year definitely helped that guy out uh, you know obviously he didn't win it but but he got right up there because of that because you know him he comes to the Nets and almost immediately they find success you know they, they jettisoned Stefan Marbury out of there he goes there and, and the Nets emerges as a powerhouse in a, in a very weak east but still you know you can only do what you can do and, and that's his conference and and you know that that still gets credit for 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 you know spearheading that team and spearheading them to the nba finals and and having a great season but yeah when you look at the numbers i mean tim duncan 25.5 points per game uh 12.7 rebounds per game 3.7 assists per game uh advanced ones though he, he just destroys uh jason kidd uh 17.8 win shares and 0.257 win shares per 48 jason kidd uh 14.7 points per game 7.3 rebounds per game 9.9 assists per game so a very jason kiddie you know stat line there uh win shares 8.9 not good and then uh 0.140 win shares per 48 for jason kidd so not great uh he's 13th in win shares overall and 17th in win shares per 48 uh yeah that's not great uh duncan he's tops in the league in win shares uh second elton brand actually uh but he tied for 16th in mvp voting uh dirk Nowinski, he uh he came in third for win shares but finished eighth in mvp voting uh shack he finished third um in mvp voting but he was tops in win shares per 48 and tim duncan who of course won the mvp he was second in win shares per 48 so a lot of good choices there not any of them really Jason Kidd but I get it I mean you understand and and I remember at the year too I mean it seemed like he was a decent pick too and we're going to have another guy again where it, it, it tends to be a, a particular point guards. It, it definitely helped in this era as well. But you know, you go to a team that wasn't good, and all of a sudden they get good. It's like you know, you know it's, it's it's not all their credit, but it, it's easy to kind of tell the story that they were you know the key cog in that. And in both cases, they absolutely were because Jason Kidd, rightfully so, did deserve a lot of credit for you know the Nets uh, emerging the East and, and the guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit. He he deserved credit as well. But yeah, when you look at the numbers, it doesn't quite work. But the most egregious votes of this entire MVP voting season, Michael Jordan. Yes, Wizards. Michael Jordan got sixteen MVP votes. Yeah, well, well, points. Points. Worth, I mean, they weren't. They yes. weren't. Yeah, they weren't the uh, most valuable player. You, you know, he didn't get first place votes, but yeah, he got points. Right. Uh, despite the fact that he had a three point three win shares and a point zero seven five win shares per forty eight. So speaking of beat writers giving votes that they shouldn't, that that's those that's bad. He did not to be. Well, the <laughs> the Wizards had such an outstanding season they, they, that they, they you sure him for that. Yeah, <laughs> he, led, yeah. You know, he, he picked Kwame Brown up and him and Richard Allen, and they just said, you know, hey, we're gonna do this. But yeah, come yes. on, guys, that's that's really bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, guys, come on, the voters who voted for michael jordan who are listening to this right now yeah all you that always don't do that i want to shame you i mean yeah 
Yeah. How does, how does Page? I mean, Page Stoyakovich had so much of a better year, and he gets, you know, one MVP point. Yeah. Grand one. Like, right. Maybe well, there too. I think there's like seven Sacramento Kings that got points in season two. Yeah. It's just, a hard, like, hard to pick just one. Keto yeah. Turkoglu gets one. No, he, 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 yeah, yeah, Page yeah, and, and Chris Webber all got him. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there just a lot of people getting points here. But, yeah, Michael Jordan should not have been at all. But hey. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Kid was also fifth in MVP uh, voting at, um, at, at one point. Uh, and Duncan... Um, he was uh he would later he won this mvp uh 2003 mvp and also had seven other uh top five uh, finishes in his career so you could definitely have made the case for him in uh in 01 and 04 as well as the uh, 02 and 03 one so um so you know tim duncan pretty good if for what we're saying and uh, the uh, last race that we're going to uh, look at the uh, is uh, Steve Nash's first MVP in 2005, uh, a, a slim victory over uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And uh, this was another situation, like he talked about, where Nash came to the uh, Suns in free agency from the uh, from the Mavericks and was certainly a good player for the Mavericks, but never considered an exceptional one. And that all uh, changed when he uh, went to Phoenix and helped uh, inspire a turnaround there. But yeah, the, the vote was extremely close. It was 34 points between uh, the uh, two with Nash winning, of course. And, um, I, you know, honestly, like the numbers here, I, you know, it, it's not like, I, I think there's definitely a, a strong uh, case for, um, Nash. It, it's more of the second MVP where I think that he goes a little bit, it goes a little bit astray. Um, so I, I think statistically and narrative wise, I think Nash has a pretty good case here. You can not certainly make the case for Shaq as well. And, and him going to Miami and, and helping, you know, inspire them to, you know, be a really good team as well. So you know, either way, and there are other guys, you know, Dirk and, Duncan and you know some of the guys um even LeBron although he was still very early on in his career but he was producing really well so you know it's not like um it's, I don't think Nash was certainly a, a bad choice it, it's it's the numbers wise it's a little bit different for then kid you know getting yeah. second in 002 yeah absolutely yeah I, I'm right with you I think that the 2006 one which, which we're not going to talk about because it wasn't all that close but that one is really agreed because you have LeBron who, who just had an incredible year as well and, and a few other guys as well and yeah that one just doesn't yeah. really call that well for Nash but uh, this year as well uh, 15.5 points per game for Nash 3.3 uh, rebounds per game 11.5 assists per game 10.9 win shares uh, .203 win shares per 48 now Shaq again very close here 2.2 uh, point, uh, 22.9 points per game uh, 10.4 rebounds per game 2.7 assists per game 11 win shares and 0.211 win shares per 48. So not a huge, like, giant egregious difference between those two. So I'm okay with that. Um, the top three win shares players, uh, though, they finished 11th, 3rd, and tied for 9th. So you actually have a case that neither of these guys, if you really wanted to do it, should, should have won. KG was first in the league in win shares that year. Dirk um, was 2nd. Uh, and ironically enough, Nash's teammate Amari Stoudemire was 3rd in win shares for the total uh, that season. And he did receive a first place vote as well. Uh, Nash, he was 11th in win shares, and Shaq was 9th. Uh, Shaq's teammate, actually, Dwayne Wade, tied uh, uh, Shaq in win shares. So you actually have a legit case that, like, both of their teammates had better, you know, arguable you know either better or or at least arguable cases for the mvp just as as well as nash and Shaq did so it's a very unique situation here uh winter is per 48 uh top three um they feature both uh kg and dirk and then tim duncan slid into third uh tim duncan though finished fourth in mvp voting so yeah really interesting here where, where you know the big argument is about Shaq and nash and it's like i don't know like kg's got a really good case too and like a lot of these other guys too like amari it's it's pretty amazing too from a from a uh, you know advanced stat standpoint as well but uh, narrative wise and story wise it, it was between nash and Shaq largely 
and and Nash in particular just just dominated that piece in his case because they were they were the story of that season and sometimes that is you know what it takes you know there, there's uh, this one wasn't up there but it, it probably could have been the Derrick Rose year uh, in 2011 a guy again you know statistically not you know probably not the MVP but narrative wise and story wise that he was you know quote unquote the story of the year and sometimes that that's what the MVP is so Shaq had his quote here was uh, after learning that he did not win uh, I got one it was cool so uh, <laughs> apparently Shaq's okay with that. He did have seven other top six MVP finishes in his career, including second in 1995. And you could really make very strong MVP cases for him in 99, 2001, 2002. So, um, you know, he only won it in the year 2000, which it was clearly his best season, although he had some excellent ones as well. But, uh, you know, a lot of that time, of course, he was not necessarily as good as a regular season. And then he would turn on during the playoffs, especially during those Lakers championship years. Um yeah, and Nash, we talked about the 06 one where you know, he won by um, you know, more than 200 points over uh, LeBron. Um, Dirk also was awesome that year. Kobe had a really strong year that year. Uh, John C. Billups actually and, and Dwayne Wade also had really a uh, strong year. So that that was a year where there wasn't necessarily a consensus choice. And I, I understand at least the thinking there where you know they lost to Mare and they were almost as good you know with Nash. So I, I at least get what they were. I, I don't agree with it, but at least get what they were going through. Sure. I, I don't feel like it's like terrible. But but the 07 he uh, was second in the MVP voting to Dirk in, in 2007. He lost, you know, only by uh, just over 100 points. Yeah, so I, I he didn't was not... know that at all. I mean, I, when you put that yeah. in my notes, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't, I really don't remember him being that close there. I felt like Dirk just kind of ran away with that award that right. year. So that, that's crazy. I did not think of that. He had 44 first place votes as well, so. Yeah, so, yeah, and then never really again was, you know, really a, a MVP-level candidate, but for those three years, absolutely. I mean, and he was obviously a great player for a long time and did some fantastic things. But, yeah, I mean, I think with Nash and Kidd, I mean, you, you can see tangibly a certain way, you know, you can you can see kind of see what they do by, you know, the way they move the ball, the way they get teammates involved, you know, stuff, point guard stuff, the way that they're great at. So I think it's easier to, you know, look beyond the stats for those guys and, and, and see some tangible things where you're playing other positions. I mean, you can definitely see, individual greatness but as far as like how you affect your teammates sometimes that can be harder to see and I, you know I, I think the, the point guards definitely get the benefit of the doubt sure. when it comes to that yeah, yeah. particularly in Nash I mean Nash held the ball on every possession you know what I mean like that that was the thing that made everything go like you know what I mean like it, he was always in the middle of the play he was always either passing the guy or or, or, or int- you know, you know it, it's so easy it's so in your face that it's, it's hard to avoid his contributions as well and then when that team kind of emerges out of nowhere and he's you know one of the the, the key cog in, in them emerging out of nowhere and becoming a great team I mean yeah it's it's, it's hard not to kind of uh, reward him in some way uh, you know with the votes or whatever so I, I, I definitely get it but uh, yeah I, and it's not as egregious as some people say I mean maybe the second one but I you know Nash was still a, a very good player at the point as well so it's it's not like we're really putting him down I think the kid one's pretty egregious but you know that 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 worked out with the story as well so I, I, I did yeah. get that one too. and kid didn't win either so exactly yeah, so right so a little bit less yeah so all right, Rich. Well, anything else we uh, have to say about this category? I think we've uh, exhausted it fairly. No, I was. Well. I was going to say though, Jason. Uh, no matter we we talk about all these MVPs, but but let's let's be honest. You're the real MVP. Oh, Rich. Yeah. That's. I was, was going to leave the show off with that, and then you started talking. And I don't want to interrupt. So. Oh, <laughs> I was like, well, no, he's, that's well, there you go. Yeah. And then we got well, too busy, and you were talking about Dolph Shays, and I didn't want to, you know, ruin that. So I just want yeah. to tell you that. So. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you. You're the real MVP for uh, waiting for the perfect time to uh, say that. So. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, like Jason Kidd, though, I, I just I, I time it perfectly. Uh, exactly. Hey, you know, you get, you're getting the points. So, all right, um, please, everyone. Please never uh, compare me to Jason Kidd ever again. That's, okay. That made me uh, feel like you just thinking about that. So. Uh, fair enough. We. we it's it's be excised from the record. Thank you. So. Okay. 
All right. So th- thanks, everyone, for uh, checking us out. You can find us at the step back at fansided.com. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Over and Back NBA. So thanks for listening. And we're back again soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.